Welcome to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host Mason S. With me as always is Travis K. This podcast is not meant to replace meeting, sponsorship, step work, or service. This is meant to be just another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast. I am Mason S. I'm an addict. With me, as always, is my man TK. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah. So we're back in the back in the regular uh, saddle. Back in the saddle, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And this is episode number twenty-one. Can you believe it? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. And today we are right in the middle of our series over the 12 steps. Um, today we're going to combine two steps. Actually, we're going to do eight and nine. Uh, you know, we got to talking about it. It's hard to talk about eight without nine. And then I know how some of you are. You'll say, well, you talked about four without talking about five. Yeah, we did. So we're, yeah, doing- we're actually doing exactly what we're not supposed to do. Yeah, we're just doing- we're combining both steps. <laughs> yeah as, as if there was no not still yeah but that's what we do we're addicts absolutely you know? so let's do this thing let's do it so today our guest is a good friend of ours mr tony p tony What's how you doing bro i'm good mason travis how are y'all thanks for having you having me on here oh i couldn't think of nobody better to help us with steps eight and nine man <laughs> is that a shot at you buddy Huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that wasn't a shot, asshole. Um, so let's start with, off with your uh, clean date and where you attend meetings at. All right. Good deal, Mason. Uh, my name's Tony P, and I'm an addict. I live in Hohenwald, Tennessee, and I attend meetings in Hohenwald at Newcomers Group that's been there over 15 years. Um, that's my home group, uh, and it has been since my clean date, which is February 21st, February 6th, 2021, Mason. All right, buddy. A little over two years, man. That's right. Can you believe it? Uh, man, I can't, buddy. Looking back at my history, I can't believe it. Thank God for NA. Yeah. Hey, what, when you, um, We'll have to have a special celebration if you live long enough to have as many years clean as you do mug shots, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have something to celebrate one. Hey, man, I, it's going to be a miracle if that happens. <laughs> oh, all right, man. So what we've been doing before we get into the step, we want to let the listeners get to know you a little bit, man. So um, tell us about your journey finding recovery, you know, and um, how you found Narcotics Anonymous and so on and so forth. And I can tell you, Mason, so uh, I know you and Travis know this. Uh, I'd been to prison several times, five times, and they would always bring these NA meetings in there. And a lot of times I want to get out of the unit, go meet my buddies and stuff in there. And I would get to know these guys that brought the meetings in there. And then when I would get out, you know, um, I really wouldn't attend any. If I did, it was a couple. But how I found uh, my home group this time, I was in jail. I had committed a couple of crimes. I was about to go back to prison again, Mason, for the sixth time. Um, 
And then I got another break and uh, they said, look, we'll let you go to this treatment center outside of Nashville about an hour and a half. And after you finish that 30 days there, come back to Nashville to this one year long, well, it was another cult. I'd been to a lot of cults before. Um, come back to Nashville for a year. Um, and as you know, Mason, um, after those 30 days, I ended up getting to stay here after they called the judge and did some paperwork. And actually, he was the one that made that phone call. Um, and I I committed myself to Narcotics Anonymous 100%. I bought in right away. I went up there that first night. I got Travis's phone number that night. I put my name in that box that night. Um, the only people I knew was the people at the treatment center. Um, and some of those were home group members. Also, I got a sponsor within 48 hours. I started working steps within the first week and, uh, I got involved in narcotics anonymous in sponsorship and literature and meetings and service work. And that's how I, found narcotics anonymous or really that's how narcotics anonymous found me and the reason i went up there is because i didn't have anywhere to go i finally got my parole transferred here that took some months i remember walking i was in a meeting the other night i remember walking up there to my community corrections officer and it was raining i'd been clean for about three months i didn't have a car and um it was about a mile up there and i remember she read all these rules off to me about either be home or be at work or be under arrest. And I remember walking back home in the rain and I almost threw in the towel that day. But uh, I'd already got in this habit of calling my sponsor every day um, at the same time every day. And I remember instead of throwing in the towel, I called him that day in about five minutes. He talked me out of it. And I'm still here today. Is that the first big decision that you can remember looking back on that you did some finally did something different and could see the change in yourself? That was it right there. And it was a flip of a coin, but I was already in this habit and see if I didn't call him every day, Mason, mm -hmm. if I, if I had been two weeks and then when I call, I got to go back and explain why I hadn't called in two weeks when I make the phone call, but it was such a habit every day. So when I called him, it was automatic because he just talked to me 24 hours before that. And I could get right to the point um, and tell him that, you know, I'm walking back from the rain. And she said, you know, I make these mountains out of mold hills. She said, I'm either at work or under arrest or at home. Well, come to find out, I built another relationship with her and another parole officer since then. But uh, that was the first different decision I ever made in my patterns before. That's correct, Mason. Yeah, and I think that speaks to why it's so important while we talk about calling that sponsor every day because, you know, a lot of people will put that off and put it on the back burner and they say, well, I really ain't got nothing to share, ain't nothing changed. And then yeah. before you know it, it's been three and a half weeks and then when something happens, it's usually the last thing we think about doing is calling our sponsor and talk to them about it. So Exactly. Tell me, how long have you had your sponsor at that time when he talked to you off that cliff? Uh, probably three months, um, Travis, approximately. Yeah. So you'd established a pretty good relationship at that point. I had. I'd already worked a step or two by that time, too. You know, called him every day. I know I'd worked one step, if not two. Um, but, yeah, about three months. Um, and you know how it is in early recovery, so – um, you know, I'm away from my environment where I use from, thank God. I was, you know, there was a lot of people influenced me here. Uh, like recovery was on fire here. This is a rural area 
you know, there's like 3,400 people live in the city and, um, and there's 50 or 60 home group members there. And, you know, uh, 90% of them are working steps. And I didn't really realize at the time, I didn't care about the traditions when I got here, but later on, I noticed that people were doing that too. And I, all I was trying to do was not use drugs that day and answer the next question on the next step. So we've had some people on here before that if uh, we got to talk about some of the difficulties transitioning from prison back into society, but I want to ask a question that I hadn't asked any of them yet. What are some of the good things that you learned about in prison that's helped you since you got out? Man, that's a good question. Um, well, I value people. So just think, Mason, you know, in there every day I see the same people every day. You're talking about building relationships and getting to know people. So I transferred that from prison to out here uh, on the streets of building these relationships of seeing each other every day. But in there, like you can know someone for nine years and then the next day they've left and went to another prison. You never see them again. And that's what my whole life revolved around. So that was one thing, you know, there was this routine in there every day. So in the same thing here, I got in this routine in narcotics anonymous. I do these certain things every day. And I think that developed into my recovery also Mason. Yeah, what the reason why I asked that question because when I think about you, I think about um, your ability to be able to sit down and dive into the literature for a long period of time, and that feels like something that you had to learn in prison too to to make time go by is diving into books and being able to get lost in the words there for a little bit. Is that something you feel like helped you out? Absolutely, that's a good point. I didn't think of that, Mason. Um, so in a lot of times, like on lockdowns, it would be 30 or 60 or 90 days. And if it's not even still, you're in there 10 hours a day in your cell. And I read a lot more books since I've been out of school than I read while I was in school. Uh, um, but yeah, that's where I used to learn to use that time, um, and probably adapted that from there to this on reading. You're absolutely right. See that meeting just lasts 60 minutes. So when I'd been clean three to six months, I wanted to get high every day. And so what am I going to do those other 23 hours with my time, Mason? And and for me, luckily, fortunately, I was just putting this golden opportunity um, to where if you wanted to recover, you you hit the jackpot. And um, and with those 23 other hours, I, you know, some of those hours I read the literature, listened to speakers and worked on steps. What's some of the stuff that you started identifying with the most out of literature? When what was you know some of the eye-opening things that you read in there that you was like, my God, that's me right there. So I read all these books. I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me while I was in prison. Which today, you know, I know what what's wrong, but it's character defects. But and I would read all these books that were written about addiction, and I would order them off this list, and you get a bundle mailed in there. But and Travis says this all the time, and that is that many books have been written about addiction, but this book's been written about recovery. That stuck out to me. That relapse in recovery, that whole chapter stuck out to me. That favorite line that you say all the time um, about that it, never have we seen anybody, any person a relapse that, that lives the narcotics anonymous program. I thought, man, what? And then my next question is, what is living the narcotics anonymous program at three months clean? I don't know what that is, you know, 
um, until I saw that IP pamphlet and um, kept getting involved. I just hung around people that was working steps like y'all and practicing traditions and was so involved in Narcotics Anonymous um, that I really didn't didn't do anything but just follow y'all around, you know? Tony, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. This is uh this is really off the wall, but I'm gonna ask it to you. But <laughs> after working the steps uh as much as you have, did you ever see you practicing spiritual principles while you was locked up? Man, never in my life, dude. So look, I know all about hatred and I know about getting even. Um I know about getting even with other people. Like I never even said the word forgiveness in my life. And, you know, that's the step we're about to talk about here today. It mentions the word love in step nine. And we never see that word till we get there. But, man, it's the opposite, 100% opposite of those things that I used to do. Those spiritual principles are 100% opposite of that. And absolutely not, Travis. I, I didn't ever see that, it, you know, from patience to tolerance. And what about compassion? Um, you know, I think the number one thing, and, you know, I don't act like I'm in prison today because I'm not. And I don't talk like I'm in prison today. And the longer I'm out the less I talk about it. It's really a big part of my recovery. And I thank God for that time um, that I was locked up. I didn't use while I was in prison. So through the steps, I'm abstinent while I'm in prison on these long stretches, but I'm crazier than hell. So when I got to six and seven and saw character defects, um, it, it was just plain as day there, but before working the steps, it wasn't. But no, I never saw myself practicing spiritual principles, Travis. Well, so it, just complete white knuckle. Exactly. Man, just miserable every day. Um, in that routine, you know, never, you know, just trying to live through the next moment, especially being in some prisons. Um, and I learned the system quick in there, you know, and I took some of that. And when I got out and it turned those into assets today mm -hmm. from hustling to working to doing those things, I just use that in positive energy today and with other people. And, you know, I, I heard this from other people and I say it all the time now is because I believe it in my heart that this whole thing is about relationships with other people. And I know I go places with y'all. I don't care where I go, what store, wherever, you know, I'm going to talk to that person behind the counter or wherever I go and ask them how their day is. And I learned all that shit in Narcotics Anonymous. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting about character defects <laughs> and the lifestyle that we were in previous to getting clean. Those defects were a means of survival. If you're going, so think about it. Think about being in that lifestyle you used to be in and being completely honest and being open-minded and, having a big heart and feeling compassion and all that. you're going to get run over and uh, you're not going to make it very long. Man, that's exactly right. And on, I still thought that when I got out. But on the flip side of that, if you're going to live in this lifestyle and be clean, just as important as they were in that lifestyle, the character defects, spiritual principles are vital to our survival and this side of things. Uh, as food and water as food and water man yeah exactly absolutely mason yeah that's that's um hey so before we get 
into that, I want to talk about uh, relationships for a second. And don't worry, I'm not going to dive off into the. <laughs> uh, what I want to talk Never. about is is just knowing your story. I think it's interesting. Like the way I see the program working in your life is, you know, sends you out one day to help a guy move a couch. And then fast forward two and a half years, you got your own business working with a whole lot of people. Just, just how has your ability to develop relationships with not only people in the fellowship, but outside in society, how is that, you know, how is uh, the steps in the program affected that? Man. So when I used to hear people in Narcotics Anonymous say practices, principles, and all of our affairs, I had no, you know, we hear that every meeting. And I had no idea what that meant at the time, but man, I have a better understanding today. And like you said, two and a half years ago, when you called me, says the guy fixing pull in the parking lot, and I met him that day and I went and picked up a couch and I met another person that day when I went and picked that couch up. And you know, today I still talk to both those people every day. Uh, I've become best friends with both of them. And, um, and this program is how those friendships developed. And then that relationship with my sponsor, then the next relationship. And I've built relationships with both of y'all. And then, like you said, my own business. And it's about what I learned in the first tradition. And that's listening and communication with those people that I deal with every day at work. Same thing in my home group. It's listening, communication, and unity. And I just found out through that tradition, when I go and practice it everywhere else, very seldom do I have a problem problem in that area you know so it's flourished those relationships have man it's unbelievable beyond my wildest dreams and y'all know me personally and um saw me when i come in and didn't have a house key or a car key um and i got some clothes out of the clothes closet at a treatment center i was at and um i remember i moved that couch and uh that gentleman gave me twenty dollars that day and boy has my life changed since that day yeah it's um it's it's unbelievable how that works is i think back to something kelly said on here when we had him on the podcast he said chances are that your best friend in the world hadn't even got clean yet and you know you you never know when you take an opportunity to do something nice for somebody it makes me think about when we went to our first convention travis and jw was the main speaker down there and we looked at him like he was just like a god up there speaking. <laughs> yeah. He was just he like is. a spiritual giant. It was unreal. But the thing now, fast forward, all of us are friends with him. You know, he's yeah. on the podcast. He come and sing Travis. Uh, I mean, we just he's just another, you know, he's just another one of us and we hang out with, but you never know what's gonna happen by taking a chance and, and developing those relationships. And you can attest to this, a lot of those start and service like service really it's like uh i used to think it's like being in the foxhole with somebody you know you get to know people through service exactly who they are because it's gonna bring out the good the bad and the ugly and you know it's kind of like when we played football you knew exactly who somebody was because you're gonna be pushed to the limits 
Yeah. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up, Mason, about service. So I had this service commitment at H&I, and there was these three or four guys went with me for a year or two. And it was, it's an hour drive there. Y'all know all about it. I'm not telling y'all. I'm telling other people. I'm letting other people know. And that 60-minute drive there and those conversations there and the bond that you make with those people. You know, we wasn't talking about our assets on the way. These are people in my circle. And, you know, our first question is always, okay, what's the biggest thorn in your side today? You know, and that was some of the deepest, most vulnerable conversations I've ever had in my life with anybody. Yep. I, I love, so the, on the way there and the way back, man, it's, <laughs> that's those a dick, times are it? priceless, man. Um, assassination of character. Is assassination that, of character too yeah and you know about four o'clock the evening of having to drive that hour and you've worked all day you think man i do i'm thinking three ways how i can get out of it i wonder if someone else will go for me i'm wondering this and i don't want to go and then on the trip there about 20 minutes into it and then after the h and i and three people come up to you and ask for your number or talk to you and then that ride home you think man thank god i went to that one you know no doubt no doubt. All right. Well, let's try to transition over into um, into the topic today. Uh, step eight. We'll <laughs> we'll start with step eight. Travis, you want to read it for us? Yeah. Step eight. We made a list of all persons we had harmed. And came willing to make amends to them all. All right, Tony. So, what do you got for us on step eight? All right. So, let's just look at the step there that Travis read to start with. You know. What didn't stick out to me then that sticks out to me now, it said we made a list. And it didn't say I made a list. You know, 11 of our 12 steps mentions the word we. So I remember my sponsor told me to underline two words in that step, and that's all and willing. We made a list of all persons we harmed became willing to make amends to them all. So that's the two words that stuck out to me. What else I can tell you about that is, um, it's real simple to me. It, it's broke down like this for me. And that number one, identify who I've harmed. Number two, identify how I harmed them. And number three, just become willing to make amends to them. And it's that simple. It started out. So I made my list. Um, and it says be specific in the step. So it's easy for me to just think in my head that I've harmed you and I owe you amends. But if I write my behavior out, I'm actually seeing that behavior. And I know that relationship with that person has been destroyed because of that. And I want to change that behavior. Yeah. Um, so it started out with with people from early on. It went on. And what about institutions? I've been in a lot of them. Well, I'm, I owe them all amends. What about the resources I've drained from the community? It costs $98 a day to house me in prison in TDOC. That's $35,040 a year. And I've drained the community for 20 years doing that. Um, and then there's the part about me being honest here. Hey, did I harm them or did they harm me? Do I owe them amends? And that's why one of the spiritual principles out of those four in step eight is honesty. And then I start, it mentions compassion in here in the spiritual principles. I start to have compassion for these people that I've harmed. So I made my list. I was extremely specific on what I did. Um, and if it came to my mind, I wrote it down. It's going to mention sponsor over and over and over in this step and the next step that we talked about. I had a lot of direction. Um, 
in this step. I was specific on how I've harmed them. If I didn't know their name, I wrote down something that would identify to it. What about school teachers where I uh, cheated on tests, disrupted classes, so the next people come through there, you know, they probably got a bad deal because of the harm that I've caused there. So, and it's this is the steps that it talks about how free I want to be. It's not in four and five, it's here. And when we get to nine, it's going to say this step should not be avoided. And it says that these steps right here is going to have the biggest impact. It says this process is going to have the biggest impact on my recovery and that this list has never closed, Mason. So I identified who I harmed. I was honest about it. First, I got to have the willingness to muster to write their names down. Um, I write specifically how I harmed these people, Mason, and I became willing to make amends to them. And, and some of those people, I had to forgive them. And how I did that is, is through prayer and following directions from a sponsor. Yeah. Do you find that uh, it's important that we get all the way to the point of what the exact nature was the reason why I harmed them so that I can make sure that I've corrected that behavior before I go into step nine? Absolutely, Mason. That's why another principle in there is courage. And it, it's the courage for me to change that behavior. I've already saw my defects in six and seven. Um, and every one of these amends that I owe, it's because of a character defect, every single one of them. So then I see that behavior there. I know I've harmed other people. Now, look, when we get here, we're about to bring other people into my recovery. You know, the first seven steps is just me and God. But now I'm not only about to bring other people involved, get involved with other people. I'm about to involve other people that I love and love me. Some of them, you know, some of them not. Um, but what about employers on my list? And what about employees on my list and friends that it talks about these friends that I just disappeared out of their life with no explanation, probably because I got a resentment toward them. And nobody deserves that, you know, and those people were on my list, too. So that's really cool that you mentioned that part that you played in every bit of it right off the rip. I mean, uh, you didn't have to wait for your sponsor to identify that or unless it's the way he told you to do the step or you read the step and understood exactly what it told you to do. Exactly. And you know, what was suggested to me is, so I read it out of it works how and why Mason, I read it out of the basic text. I would listen to a speaker on that step and I would read it thoroughly and highlight things that stuck out to me. I, I worked the steps out of the step working guide. Y'all both know that. Um, I obtained all the information I could. And then I would look every one of those spiritual principles up when I would get to the get to the section that said spiritual principles. I would look them up. Well, I think I know what courage means. And I think I know what honest means. And I think I know what willingness means. But when I look it up, it gives me a much more detailed uh, and I heard somebody in the rooms talk about getting a dictionary. Well, you don't need a dictionary today, but, um, and that's where I got that from was somebody from our home group. I won't mention her name, but it's one of y'all's wives and one of your sister. <laughs> um, Sounds like we're close knit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you uh, this. Did uh, Tony P make the list? I'm on the list. And let me, well, I'm going to have to get in the men's if I tell you how, but I'm on the list. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think what's interesting when I think back about it is if somebody would have done to me what I'd done to myself, I'd want to kill them. <laughs> I mean, just 
Yeah. Straight out. So, uh, I think it's important that I made, I know I made my list, uh, but yeah, we'll dive deeper into that. So, um, let's roll on into, to step nine. Um, Travis, you want to read that one? Sure. I'll get it. Step nine, <laughs> we might direct the men to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. All right. So let's talk about the transition from eight to nine putting that into action all right so i got my list and me and my sponsor went over every name and every behavior and look i don't know any better it says in the literature if it comes to mind it it needs to be on my list i've got drug dealers on there and all kinds of stuff that put me in harm ways and mark that shit off there man look i don't know i'm just trying to be thorough and honest you know yeah um so we go over every one of them and he tells me how to indirect or directly make amends if I'm not making the amends. What about the people I've harmed, Mason, that don't know that I've harmed them? Yeah. And it can cause more harm for me to bring this up and clear my side of the street. Um, and then there's these that can cause serious consequences in my life Yeah. that you've talked about before. And what I do about that, there's ways to make amends to that. I can donate money to the police department for their training. There's a million ways to make indirect amends. But if I'm going to make direct amends, the step says the best way is face-to-face. So I get my list. He goes over every one of them, and he says, look, call me before you make the amends and call me after you make the amends. It mentions the word sponsor 15 times in step nine. Um, so I get my list. And it says, make a plan. So I get a plan. I get a plan with someone. You know, look in nine here again. It says the word we. It don't say me. <laughs> you know, we go from we to, we to ours, from mine to, mine to me. Um, and it mentions it again in this step. Um, so I read the literature. I followed suggestions. And I talked to some other people about it, too, in the program. And I remember my first amends. You know, I called my sponsor. And then there's the amends of financial amends, too. Some people I owe both. And um, I met this beautiful lady years ago. She's my best friend today. She's also my ex-wife. I talk to her every day. I remember when I made amends to her, and I also owed her $40,000. Well, in that financial amends, it said we don't do like we used to do and give them $200 and never they never hear from us again. We followed that out. Well, I'm responsible today. So I made a budget on what I made at that time and what I could pay. And, uh, you know, we're several years later into that. And, um, you know, I don't talk about the amends that I make very often, like, Hey, look what I'm doing, but it talks about financial amends and those are separate. Um, the next men amends I made is to my dad. You know, there's a home group member that always talks about in the amends. You know, it's one of Travis's sponsees uh, that the stars will, will align when this happened. I'd seen my dad several times, but it was Christmas. He was coming to see me. Nobody was home. And, man, the stars aligned. And I, I gave him a picture frame. Um, and it had a $100 bill in it. My sponsor suggested I do that and say, look, this don't scratch the surface, but it's a start. And then I made the other amends to him also. And when I go home, I see that frame hanging in his house, you know. So, and then as y'all know, 
I had another amends. And what about the living amends? My amends to myself is the goals and dreams that I had that were destroyed due to drug addiction. And that's how I make amends to myself today. Besides taking better care of myself and not doing destructive behavior, stop using, work the steps, uh, take better care of myself health-wise. And, it, you know, I know y'all know this story and heard it 33 times. But um, so when my daughter, I had uh, a, a daughter you know, 32 years ago, and I was in and out of her life for about seven years. Um, I remember one time I went over there to see her. Me and her mother never got married. And um, I remember my daughter's mother said, hey, you better park your vehicle in the garage. If my mother sees you over here, which was my daughter's grandmother, she's going to kill you. And, um, you know, I was in my 20s and didn't think too much about that. And well, anyway, her mother came over there um my daughter's grandmother and she attempted to do that um and she left well eventually uh, shortly after that i'm in drug addiction and uh, in addiction and i left town and um so she was seven then and 23 more years passed and um i'm on parole as y'all know my parole officer called me last year and said hey tony this girl called and i wouldn't give her your number she says she's your daughter, but I'll give you her number. And she thought I was serving life in prison. She started out call, calling penitentiaries, and they all said he's not here. And it ended up to my parole officer. That's why I thank God I'm on parole today, or he would have never found me. Um, and, and the first time we saw each other, NA, my home group, had a prom. It was just, it wasn't a fundraiser, it was just for fun. And she drove here and was going to be my date. And I had talked to my sponsor about it. Man, I'd wrote this letter to her in the eighth step, you know, a couple of years ago. And then when she got here, you know, she's excited. And we've seen each other in 23 years. And how selfish to me to clean my side of the street as soon as she gets out of the vehicle and say, hey, look, you know, I want to make amends to you. And I didn't do it that day. I let her enjoy the day. But then, like, someone at our home group's, talks about the stars aligned several months later it was at a convention uh committee meeting and, and me and her when they lunch together and i remember holding her hand sitting across the table from her and um and making amends to her and that that was one of the best days of my life man what a uh what a spiritual experience the process of an amends is it's you know um and it, and it can't be taken lightly. I know we all want to experience what forgiveness and those things feel like, but we have our part to do way before we get there. And uh, do you see how crucial the previous seven steps was in order for you to get to that process? Yeah. Well, first of all, I surrendered in one. And, I, you know, before I get to them, I, I'm uh, I'm out of I'm stopped doing drugs. I've got a higher power in my life. I see my patterns in four and five. I see my defects in six and seven. This is why I'm making the amends. Is because of six and seven. Because I've ruined all these relationships because of this by being selfish, dishonest, jealousy, uh, impatience, intolerance. Um, but absolutely, Mason. I they are in order. It says when we get to nine, it says we hadn't made any amends that we shouldn't have made yet. <laughs> Should we, you know? And I hadn't at that time. Because how many times have they heard that shit? Hey, I'm sorry, you got twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's crazy, Tony, you know, like 
I worked in treatment for just a short period of time mm-hmm. and, and hearing people talk about, man, I need, I need to call and do a night step. And I, I mean, <laughs> they hadn't even done one yet. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. didn't know what one meant and they're wanting to do. And, you know, of course you're looking at that, that list that's on the wall in the treatment center. And that's the first thing for some reason that people gravitate to is like, Oh, I got to make all these amends. I need to go home. I need to get out of here. Yeah. Exactly. And to you me, know, and I see to me, you know, right. that's I'm sorry. That's saying I'm sorry. Yeah. That is. And, and amends, what I need to and amends is actually I don't change do in the behavior. I don't do it again. That's right. Never. I don't act that way anymore. I'm not that person. And if yeah. I'm still acting like that, I don't have no business making that amends. Exactly. And, and, you know, that was my instructions in my direct amends to do is, is to tell them, hey, look, here, I'm sure I've harmed you and this is the way I know I harmed you. And, you know, we want to be gentle in that area uh, and not relive that for them, make them relive that. Just say, look, I'm sure I've harmed you and uh, I'm a different person today. And that was my instructions um when i made the amends and at that time i was a totally different person than than what they knew before you know yeah absolutely well tony man we can't thank you enough for coming on here and sharing uh about the eighth and ninth step and sharing about your process finding narcotics anonymous i know uh it has made a tremendous change in your life and you deciding to get clean has not only changed uh, our home group, our area, but it's changed us too. And we're so grateful to have you and, you know, uh, making that phone call in the beginning whenever you asked me to is one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. And I'm extremely (laughs) grateful that I did it, man. So yeah, mine too is the best decision you've ever made since I've known you, Mason. (laughs) (laughs) I used to tell you that all the time, but I guarantee you that was the best one. I couldn't imagine going back to that, you know? Yeah. So before well, we that. go, go for it. Hold on a minute. I remember that phone call that I got that morning on the back porch. And Tony <laughs> yeah, said, me too. He's like, man, I know you're probably busy. I said, man, I ain't doing nothing, man. What's up? That was a really cool conversation that day. We talked for a minute, you know, it was, we did. We didn't. Travis was the first phone number I got. And man, you know how much that phone weighs that first time. Ooh. Uh, and man, I talked myself out and then I said, man, he's married and he works and he's got to be busy. And I finally called him. He said, no, I'm not busy at all. And then we talked for a while and he said, man, I'm glad you called. Call me back tomorrow. I'm like, really, man? And that really helped me later on for the next phone call with different people. And y'all know my network today is, um, is grown a lot from those few numbers i got early on you know but that was the first number i got was travis's there at our home group man i'm i was following directions in they said get some phone numbers i heard that in treatment i've been to treatment you know uh quite a few times that wasn't my first one but tony you probably got more numbers than me and mason combined really (laughs) man thank goodness for na and service work that's why y'all told me build a network and i got busy yeah and you most certainly did, man. And, uh, you know, you're plugged in all over the country. And uh, that's what it's uh, it's a good thing to know that anywhere that we go, we can find our people. But before we get off here, man, I want to I want to ask you what your, uh, you know, your message is to that person that's struggling or, you know, 
you're the one that gave me the idea for this podcast talking about people in uh prison uh having op- some some of them have iPads and can listen to podcasts and that's our big goal with this whole thing so maybe this finds its way into the into the hands of an inmate and you know what is your message to that person that's that's struggling and, and looking for something different well i know you both already know my answer but there's this bright orange pamphlet it's ip number 11 it says sponsorship on it talks about five things in there who what where when and how and man if, if you can get somewhere and see if you're in prison or not in prison there's a rack available somewhere through h and i and my first suggestion is is to get that pamphlet and read it and then get a sponsor because it's going to ask who, what, where, why, and how in that sponsorship pamphlet. And I've read that pamphlet. It's a two-way street. And I wouldn't be here today uh, without mine. And there's a special place in my heart for sponsorship and service work. But my message is get get to a meeting. um, If you're on the outside, get a home group immediately and get involved. Get a commitment, a small commitment. A commitment is going to the meeting. You know, and and being there at the door making coffee, and that's where I started out. Um, and then the next thing is get a sponsor, and then the next thing is, man, be of service and help other people, and show our gratitude for Narcotics Anonymous, and be just such a small speck of sand in such a huge program. You know, how selfish to me not to give back after all of y'all, y'all all influenced my life so much. Um, and then we say people drift away and stuff but man how selfish of me to do that you know i just can't find it in my heart to do it amen brother amen um tony we're grateful for you brother and we will wrap this thing up we're going to be back uh next week with i believe emily from nashville who's going to help us with step 10 and then we'll follow that up with brexton l on step 11 and uh, man that's gonna be great i just want to say one more thing you know okay it talks talks about in the na book that um relationships can be a terribly painful area i just want to say relationships can also be a very great area in your life too amen to that thank you tp we love you man thank so- y'all i love you both equally Yep. So from TP to TK to just old Mason right here, <laughs> we're glad that you came and uh, we hope you're getting still getting something out of this. I know if if anybody is, at least we are, because it is broadening our network too. So we will we love y'all and we'll see you next week. Don't use no matter what. Thank you for joining us on our Living Clean podcast. This is another platform that we can share our message of recovery, which is an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, lose the desire to use, and find a new way to live. Join that no matter what club. You can contact us through text. The number is 931-306-9364.